You're listening to another episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where sometimes we talk about TV shows. Not really often, but uh, today is one where we didn't realize we were talking about a TV show till it was a little too late. So today, we're going to talk about Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie, which recently came out on Netflix. This is a sequel movie to the show Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um... It is obviously based on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles franchise, and, uh, well, both Pierre and I were familiar with the franchise, but not necessarily with the most recent show. So uh, keep that in mind as you're listening to this episode. Uh, We don't make a secret of it. We say that very often, but, you know, if you are a fan of the show Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles... Um, just know that your experience with this movie will probably be quite a bit different than ours. So, you know, with that little disclaimer out of the way, I don't think there's very much else I need to say before this. We tried kind of not to spoil anything here, so this is mostly spoiler-free. I think it is spoiler-free. I'm just having a difficult time remembering the last tiny bits of the episode right now. But anyway, mostly spoiler-free review. Uh, yeah. Let's go. So uh, you're about to hear the theme song for Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And you're going to hear the dulcet sounds of uh, mine and Pierre's voices. You're listening to another episode of Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies, and sometimes we talk about TV shows, but not usually. But today is maybe a little bit of an exception. Uh, Today we are going to talk about something that probably most people know as a TV show. I'm not going to say most people know this specific TV show. I'm not sure. But uh, Pierre, I believe you have told me that uh, you like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles a little bit. I do. I was a huge fan of them um, as a kid, and there was a um, the two thousand three show. It aired for five years, and that was when I was like six. So that was like the perfect time for me. Um, and yeah, that really got me into the the lore of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's actually really interesting. It's it's pretty old. Like obviously, I think a lot of people know it from it was in the eighty seven TV show. I think. I um, think that sounds right. Yeah, that's where like the classic like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like theme comes from. Um, but it's actually like it's all from a, a comic book that was made as kind of a spoof to Daredevil. I think um, it was written by two people that had worked on Daredevil, and like that's why it was a spoof of Daredevil specifically. Like the lore in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is that they were mutated by the same radioactive waste that uh blinded Daredevil. Yeah, which I thought was really cool because it, it's really become its its own thing. I mean like the, the Daredevil connection is very, very small. It's just there there's that and then they they kind of satire like there's a 
there's a ninja clan in um, Daredevil called the Hand, and in the Ninja Turtles, it's called the Foot Clan. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is there? There's like, oh, Master, what, Daredevil's taught by Stick, and the Turtles are taught by Splinter. Um, so, there, you know, there's some fun little comparisons there, but it doesn't really, like, you know, obviously doesn't really add anything to it. It's just kind of a fun Easter egg. But yeah, it's, it's just cool in that it's kind of a, it's a very ridiculous concept that takes itself very seriously. Um, and I think uh, the comics, the, com- the original comics were very dark, but it's become much more of like a kid's brand, which is fair because they are, you know, ninja, teenage Ninja Turtles. <laughs> like mm. It's a very kid-like thing. Uh, but I, I guess the I fell in love with it during the 2003 show, which was much more adac- adapted from the comics, and it was much darker. Even though it was marketed to kids, it was much darker and more serious um, and contained more mature plot lines, I guess, than a lot of the other adaptations I've seen. Well, basically all of them. It's always been, like, it's always been a series that is easily marketable to kids, I want to say, and, like, the pretty much every time it's adapted for any reason, it's like, let's market this to kids. But the, uh, the comic itself all the way up until the present day has always had really dark storylines. And like, I think it's one where because it's basically a parody that takes itself way too seriously, they get away with having very strange stuff in their comics and like getting really, really like, absurdly dark in weird ways there's a there was a uh there's a one shot not a one shot there was like a limited series a couple years ago that i think this one wasn't this movie that we're going to talk about wasn't based on but drew a little bit of inspiration from where um all the turtles die except michelangelo who's become basically batman and he's out for Mm. revenge and it's like it's like I look at it and I, and like, I looked at it and I read the synopsis and stuff and I'm like, Oh, this is very silly sounding, except it took itself very seriously. And from, and by all accounts, it was really good too. Like it wasn't just, you know, it's a case of writing a parody because you love whatever it is you're parodying rather than, you know, you want to make fun of it exclusively, but yeah. I think, well, I think that's what really makes it special and stand out is how, ridiculous it is but it owns it and it's not ashamed of what it is right so i like that um and it's also it has a has a decent movie history too like on it ironically it's actually it seems like more sick it's had much more movies than like daredevil has or anything oh i mean it's had daredevil so um i think teenage mutant ninja turtles there's what five or six movies and daredevil if you want to count everything daredevil related you have three Two movies and a TV show. Yeah. Well, I, or, wait, is there two Is there two Ben Affleck Daredevils or is there one? There's one Ben Wait, Affleck Daredevil Electra. and Elektra, which okay. is not Ben Affleck, but has a couple of the other yeah. characters from it. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 quite the franchise. I would still, the, if you watch the first Ninja Turtle movie from, I think it was like 91 or something, it actually still holds up really well. Um, and I highly recommend it. Um, the others are not so much. I hate the Michael Bay movies. They're really bad. Um, because they just really get 
they he turns them into superheroes kind of because they're all like bulletproof and like seven foot tall and stuff mm-hmm. and really strong and i think it just kind of ruins the idea of the turtles because i never saw them as like they're mutants but they're like i don't want to say it they're they're equally strong to humans but they're not like i don't know they're not stronger like they're the underdogs usually right it's not yeah so yeah and, there uh, was a there was an animated movie that came out in two thousand seven that I remember going to with my mom and it was really good flew completely under the radar and like did not spawn any sequels mm-hmm. but uh, you know it was it was like a pretty solid like long form episode of a TV show that did not exist yeah that was, it felt like the end of a. It felt like this movie, actually, when we're about to talk about it. It felt like the end of a TV show that it didn't exist. And that's I think that's why it, I don't think it was that well-received, just because it, it felt just very confusing in terms of, like, what it was trying to be. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt like it was a reboot or a finale to something that we never saw. But, yeah, anyways. But it was actually pretty good. I like that movie. Reminded me a lot of the the TV show I like too. Like very similar, mm-hmm. like art style, very dark, um, serious characters and stuff. Kind of depressing, very weird. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, what? Fifteen years later, so, we have another teenage mutant. Or no, well, we've had a few, but yeah, we have a new one. But and there's it, another one coming out next year with Seth Rogen. Oh yeah, there is. Produced by Netflix Seth is. Netflix is going hard on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Is that a Netflix movie? I believe it is. I guess I can check. Oh, well. I don't believe so. No, it's, it's a theater one. It's theaters. Yeah. It's, Which I'm would be kind of cool because... Sorry, go ahead. Well, I'm surprised this was on Netflix because uh, it, it was... As you could tell, it was by the multiple mentions of Nickelodeon in the movie... I just saw the Nickelodeon logo a lot in this movie that this is a Nickelodeon feature. So I thought it'd be on Paramount Plus or something. Yeah. I'm I think I think Netflix may have released movies like this before, like Nickelodeon basically series finales like this before. I'm mm-hmm. not entirely certain, but maybe that's why. Maybe. I'm just thinking like I think it'll be really cool. Uh I'm not going to you know, I'm already jumping ahead to 2023. I think it will be really neat to see the next Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie in theaters because um, if it's being made for theaters, it's going to probably be like its own thing, which uh, this movie, we're going to talk about whether it was good or not, but like, I think one of my biggest problems with it. Um, is that I am not familiar with the series that this is um, the finale for, basically. This is a sequel movie to the series Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So we're about yeah. to talk about Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie, which I didn't realize the movie was doing that much work there. Like, this is this is the end of a series. I didn't realize that this wasn't just Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. A movie, yeah. Um... Yeah, well, saying that, do you want to tell us what the movie's about? Um, I do, and so, I will, but I want to start by saying, like, do you know anything about this series? No, I I did a little research after. Um, I think it helped. I was mostly fine with it, though. I under, 
I kind of got what was going on maybe because, you know, it's, it's still loosely adapting, um, ideas from other series in the comics and yeah. stuff. So like the villains in this movie were loosely based on the villains the, from the 80s show and like the comics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the Krang. And I guess the movie, I think Krang was Krang in the second movie, I think. But yeah, it's I think uh, so, yeah. So there's some, but I, I mostly thought it, it stood by itself decently well. Just for it, but I, again, this is just knowing like the background knowledge of the turtles and stuff. So I mean, I would definitely say before I just before I start talking about what this movie's about, I would definitely say that like if you are familiar with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles before, like nothing in this movie is that surprising. But like, so um, I've I've watched plenty of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles stuff way in the past when I was much younger, and so like nothing in this movie was completely new to me but it felt like I was missing things because this is directly um, the characters are all directly informed by what they were in the show. Like all of the character development that's happened up to this point, isn't the character development from like 20 years ago. It's the character development from this show, which makes sense. It's just that like from me not having seen the show, I understood everything. I just felt like I was missing a lot. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Anyway, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So in this one, this starts in 2044, where uh, the world is, I want to say under attack, but really it's just like been taken over by an alien species called the Krang, led by someone who is just, you know, conveniently referred to as Krang. Uh, And... The, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, who are no longer teenagers, but are still mutants and still turtles, uh, they lead a resistance against Krang, and um, they do, like, one big suicide push that uh, doesn't go super well, but they're able to, like, get a bunch of information and send Casey Jones back in time to the day that the Krang invade Earth. And it's his job to get the artifact that lets them invade and stop them from uh, invading Earth and team up with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to do it. Uh, He gets back on the day of the artifact being stolen and he's going and he tries to find the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and he does, but he's too late because the artifact has already been stolen. So the movie is about all of them getting together to stop the Krang from uh, taking over the world because they have the artifact, they've invaded, and they're about to take over the world with the help of the Foot Clan and a captured Raphael. And um, so they got to stop that. And that's what the movie's about. Basically, yeah. It's another... It, it oddly felt very similar to the 2007 movie. I, say, did, I think it's the actually. exact same plot. Like, these monsters come in from a different dimension. Was it the Krang it was... in the 2007 movie? No, it was like this weird 13 monsters were unleashed, and then they have to gather them up and send them back through the portal. I don't know. It was a, <laughs> it's a weird plot, but it's a very similar. You had a beam shoot up in the sky and a portal open. Uh, kind of similar to the Avengers, too, actually. But, yeah. Anyways. Uh yeah, well, what did you think? Um, 
I mean, this is one I've t- we've talked about movies like this in the past, not like this, but we've talked about movies in, in the pa- before in the past where I'm like, I didn't really like it, but I don't feel like it's fair to me for me to say that I thought it was not good because I don't know if that's true. It's just like I didn't like this th- that much, but I think that a lot of the reason I didn't like it is because I'm missing the context from the TV show. Like at the very beginning of this movie, they're like, hey, we did it. We beat Shredder. Let's let's celebrate. And I'm like, okay, cool. But like, huh, I thought this was going to be a TMNT movie. Where's Shredder? Why is he not in this? Why they already beat him? I'm like, I get it. I can fill in the gaps. This movie definitely, um, this movie, especially if you are familiar with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it's like, like, like I said, there's nothing in this movie that is um, intentionally obtuse or anything. Like, it's very easy to understand. It's pretty straightforward. Like, that's all there. It's just that, I mean, this is very much the final episode of a TV show. And it feels weird to watch it without having seen the rest of the TV show. Yeah, there was, like, I mean, even for me, there was some really confusing things there in like the first act like i don't know what april o'neill like she's a student and she was stealing something from somewhere i don't really know what was going on there um or she was just a journalist but i, I guess it was kind of straightforward um and they all she have was a powers. journalist for a school newspaper though so she was a student yeah that was stealing stuff from this guy it was like illegal chemicals or something. i don't know uh so there was that there was uh Oh, they all had powers for some reason. Um, but other than that, I think the premise seemed relatively straightforward. Because uh, mm-hmm. all like all you really need to know is there's not really too much of a character arc here except for like like Leo, who's like the main character of this movie, basically. Um, I'm guessing whatever happened in the show, the way the show ended, it left him in a really cocky position where... He feels like he can do anything, and uh, it's counteracted by Raphael, who's who wants him to be more mature and be a better leader. Uh, I guess because that's and traditionally Leo is like the leader of the group, so I thought it was interesting how they like really they really changed his persona in this to be a lot more goofy and fun and cocky, mm-hmm. uh, rather than everything else I've seen him in, where he's a, he's the mature one and he's the he's the older one. Um, which was interesting. I like how they kind of switched that up. It was an yeah. interesting way to look at them, I guess. So yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. So we we know he's we we know we we understand his his character arc. I think is mostly what we needed to know from that. Mm-hmm. From the first arc, but yeah. I think uh, they did change a lot of the characters in pretty important ways. Though again, this is probably um, this is probably just how it was in the TV show. But like, uh, Mikey is very is actually very different from the way I'm used to him. Like he's usually the extremely goofy one to the point of like where everyone else is trying to get him to be more mature. In this one, it's like he's yes, he's the most immature, but he's the most immature because he's like very character. He's characterized very much as the youngest, like almost in a baby kind of way, which is weird. Like mm-hmm. he's he's more like innocent than goofy, which is, I mean, it's fine, but it's definitely 
very different than what I'm used to. This is not the same Mikey who in the 2007 one is introduced by uh, being a pizza delivery man with his own truck who like just who, who like blares his speaker, his uh, music too loud. This is not the same Mikey. Uh, Donatello sucks in this movie. That's really? that's how they changed him. <laughs> he's awful, which I hate to say because he's my favorite. So like, I hated him so much in this movie. I didn't mind. I, I see what you mean. He was played much more of like a douchey nerd kind of like he was nerd. Jimmy. He was Jimmy Neutron style of smart where like, you know, you know that famous clip from Jimmy Neutron where he's he gets a job at a burger place and someone's like, hey, put some more salt on that. And he's like, uh, don't you mean sodium chloride? That's the kind of smart that Donatello was portrayed <laughs> as in this one. And I'm like, and I, from the moment he opened his mouth, I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, they, they it's it's kind of weird that they they're like trying to make him unlikable in a way like. He was he was kind of a little snarky. He had these really thick eye like none of the other turtles had eyebrows. I think but Donatello had very thick eyebrows over his mask. <laughs> and like I, I don't know if that's like supposed to make him look smart or thoughtful or something. Um that was interesting. I didn't mind it. I, I think it kind of grew on me like the um like he was he was cocky, but I guess he's a lot smarter in this show than I've seen him before. And it's, it's, I kind of like the twist. I think all the characters are a little weird and I don't love it, but I, I kind of like that it's different, but it's not so my like, favorite characterization of them for sure. Yeah. This is where I think it would definitely, I would have really enjoyed this movie if I had also enjoyed the show that it's based on. Mm-hmm. Because like for me coming into this, seeing these characters like this, uh, I didn't love the way they were characterized. I appreciated that it was very different. And I like that because like, sure, part of me definitely wants to see the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles I grew up with. But like, you know, I like people changing up the characters. Except that um, in this one, it was very jarring because the... Yeah. They're they're introduced and they're not characterized that much because they've mostly been characterized in the show. Yeah, well, yeah, I I, I definitely like. I don't know. I didn't love the changes. It took me a while to get used to it. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of weird stuff. I don't know if someone who knew nothing about the turtles might be maybe might have enjoyed it more. Um, maybe. But yeah, like other stuff like Raph. Raph was just really weird was the very mature he was the oldest and the most mature one he's trying to keep the family together and i thought that was interesting because that's it's just like a different twist on it because raf in the in the other in other usually how he's portrayed is he's he's the second oldest um and he wants to keep everyone together but he still has to look up to leo to be the leader right and he relies mm-hmm. on leo a lot Whereas this was like the the relationship was in a way reversed, um, but it was it was interesting. But yeah, it was it kind of threw me off, and uh, I didn't love it. And he didn't his character didn't really get much to do in this movie either. So no, he actually gets kidnapped pretty early on, and then like it's not that he's not in the movie after that, but he's not in the movie very much after. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, that that's a little disappointing too because I mean a big part of I think what what makes these movies spe- or makes the turtles special is when they are together, mm-hmm. um, and to have a movie of them mostly technically being apart is a little jarring. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I uh, one, one thing I did like I don't usually like April and I don't usually like Casey and I don't usually like I I always thought that they're they fit in weirdly with the dynamic of the group. Um, mm-hmm. I thought, well, Casey wasn't great. I just, like, they gave him a twist in that he was, like, a future warrior coming to the past. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of interesting. I thought April had a lot more chemistry um, with the crew and with Master Splinter. Like, I didn't mind her with Master Splinter then. Yeah, um, it was kind of cool really that... It was kind of cool to basically... Basically, her and Master Splinter were, like, always together. Even when they weren't with the group, those two had something to do, so it gave them someone to play off of, which was really good. Yeah, and usually, I don't know why, every time I've seen, I've never liked the character of April, but in this, she felt very, like, like she wasn't a standout, but she felt naturally part of this this group, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, which was nice. And, uh, um, yeah, because it, as much as I like the the 2003 show too like they, they made they like age I, I used to think it was bad to age them down but april in that show i think she's like 30 and it just feels weird that she's hanging out with these like teenagers all yeah. the time like it didn't really make much sense and she's just basically their mom um whereas in this it's like she's like a part of the group and like mm-hmm. it's not weird at all so um yeah i appreciated that i thought that was nice um yeah and then what, what did you think of the crank the the villains I barely remember them. I mean, they were pretty good at be at having the giving off the air of being mustache twirling big monsters. But that's about it. Like they were just extremely evil. Mm-hmm. And like cool, but I don't <laughs> think they really did much. Like most of their care a lot of the stuff I, I think the plot of this movie works for me, like Casey Jones being sent back in time to stop to, to team up with the turtles to stop the Krang, that works. But I also think that the future elements of this movie are actually the weakest. And the mo- mm-hmm. and the future elements of this movie are primarily Casey and the Krang. They just, like, aren't as interesting of characters. That's fair. I, yeah, I didn't really care much about Casey. I think it was just more of a, a plot device to show Leo what a few a leader should be i guess like yeah. his future self but yeah i didn't really do much in this movie and i mean um, both of them work as plot devices the krang are excellent as a plot device yeah. casey jones is excellent as a plot device they just don't work much outside of that in my opinion yeah uh, i well i didn't mind the krang i thought they were relatively like obviously they were very <laughs> there's this joke by Master Splinter makes this really meta joke where he's like, "There's no like, where's your character development?" <laughs> or something like, that. like or is that? I can't remember. Was, he was just making a commentary on how they just been pure evil the whole time. They had no, they had no character art, um, which was like oddly, oddly transparent it's, by the writers. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I I thought they were like very formidable. I like the way. Um, the way they were kind of designed, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. they felt like a very, they, they felt like a threat. 
Um, there's that scene where they like the Foot Clan are like pledging allegiance to them, and they like they kind of just like take their bodies and like they kind of they kind of just straight up kill them and mutate them into into other Krang like lackeys, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, which was kind of like that was surprisingly dark. I thought for well, like it was a very light TV show or movie. Yeah. I, I do want to say the Krang are really, they, they're really good at being, I mean, they're portrayed very much as like basically impossible to defeat right off the bat in a very effective way. Like the yeah. moment the Krang are there, you're, you're like, oh shit, uh, there's no way the turtles can beat that. What the heck? And then the whole movie is obviously the turtles beating that, but still, <laughs> like, it's, um, I do still think that they're not very interesting as characters because like, you know, oh, for sure. Splint, as Splinter says, there's no character development. <laughs> However, they're very effective villains and um, they, they fill the niche in the story that they have to very well. Yeah. They, they, they did feel like an unstoppable force. Mm-hmm. Um, that they like the turtles barely fended off. If that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I, I understand. Like I, th- I always, I've always been confused as to why Krang was such a the Krang was such an like a intre- like a big celebrated villain in in the Ninja Turtle franchise. When like like the whole thing is just let's bring our dimension to theirs or something like that. And it just never felt like that interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they they were kind of cool. There there was this weird plot line too where. The turtles like lose their powers for some reason. The crank take their powers, and then they get them back through the power of like family or something. And then I was just kind of confused. Like, can't the crank just take their powers again? Like, what did they do the first <laughs> time? I don't know. That was weird. Uh, speaking of the powers, though, I liked I liked the chore- choreography for the powers. Though I thought there was they made good use of I, as much as I hate it. I hate the idea of making them into superheroes. Like, I think that's really stupid. Uh, but I appreciated like the diversity and how they use their powers. I thought that was interesting mm-hmm. um, without eliminating like the ninja aspect, I guess. I think it's, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, that was, that was it. I was going to say like, yeah, I don't love the idea of turning them into superheroes either. I remember the first time they said in this movie, our powers, I was like, excuse me, what yeah. is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, did I, same, did I yeah. misremember something? Yeah. But um, I think, On paper, it's an interesting plot point to explore what happens when their powers are gone. Like, if I thought that in this movie they were, like, overly reliant on these powers, and then, like, they were gone and they had to just be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, That's an interesting plot point. I don't think that is a plot point that I like seeing in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, personally. Like, I just don't understand what powers bring to the table. But again, this is another thing that probably would actually... Um, make more sense if I'd seen the show because in the show they have powers and those powers have evolved over the course of the show. I did like a very cursory amount of research after this, mm. after I saw this. Mm. Yeah, it's the uh, yeah maybe, maybe like I don't know if they gain powers in the show and then they like the first episode is like they are like they're regular ninjas and then they just get the powers or whatever. But um, yeah, I, I guess like I didn't I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. And I prefer the movie without it. I didn't hate it. But it also didn't really tie in. Like, there was no, like, what do we do without our powers 
moment. Like there was a little bit of one, and but it's just like they kind of left, and then they kind of kept doing their thing, and then the powers came back. I really hope they would end the, they would defeat the Krang, you know, by well, I guess this is a spoiler, but without their powers, um, but they do get their powers in the end, and it was kind of cheap, even though I don't know yeah. how else they could have, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess to be fair though, like there wasn't, this is a very like lean movie. It's a, now we're in 10, 15 minutes, I think. Uh, barely an hour and 20. Barely an hour and 20. Yeah. And then if you take out, cause they had the future timeline and then credits, it's like, they don't, there's, it's a not much movie there. Um, and I think they do a pretty good job with what they have. Like, I, I'm not going to lie. I had very low expectations going into this um the most part i'm just kind of pleasantly surprised by how good it was compared to what i expected i guess what i'll say about this is like after watching this movie i am at least a little bit interested in watching the show and trying to watch this movie again yeah i don't know that i will actually do that at least not soon but like I, I want to know if this movie is significantly better having seen the show. Yeah. Yeah, I was tempted to watch the show. I almost I was turning on season episode one. I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this now. Um, <laughs> but it was an attempt. Um, yeah. And uh, there was one other thing I was going to... Oh, I forgot it. Um, I also think the show has like really short episodes. Like technically the episodes are all half an hour long, but they're in segments. So oh, like every okay. episode is like every like segment of an episode is only like 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I think a lot of TV shows do that now. Short attention spans. Um, well, I oh. mean, SpongeBob always did that too. Oh, so. that's true. Yeah. Uh, we talked about uh, Ben Schwartz. Right about that. Oh, yeah. Ben Schwartz is in this, and he's playing Ben Schwartz. No, he plays Leo. <laughs> and it's, like, the exact same... Well, we were discussing this. We don't know... I feel like that's not his, like, true voice. I, I think it's, like, a kidified voice for it. It's, but it's the exact same voice that he uses for Sonic. I mean, I've I've heard him in... I've heard him just as Ben Schwartz. Like, not in interviews, but I've heard him in, like, when he's doing his comedy specials or, like, in... Uh, YouTube videos where he's been a guest star and like it's not that far off this is his performance voice for sure but like it's very recognizably Ben Schwartz yeah and it is very close to his real like when I say his performance voice it's like his regular voice if he's just enunciating everything to make sure you can hear it properly yeah that's fair (laughs) so like I don't know how different that is from the contexts I've seen him in but I've seen him in like much more casual settings, and it's the same voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, it, I think it kind of worked. I thought it was. Yeah. It was kind of distracting for me just because I've seen Sonic, but I think the voice cast all did a good job. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. the The voice cast, the voice cast, definitely did a good job as the characters they were portraying. Like I said, I did not like Donnie at all in this, but. <laughs> the version of Donnie that he was portraying, like, that's the only voice you could have cast for that character. And, like, same with Mikey, too. Yeah. Yeah, they all worked really well. Um, So that's good. When I saw Ben Schwartz was in this, I think, like, 
because he's so high build, I was like, oh, he's probably Leo. But mentally, I was expecting him to be Mikey because Ben Schwartz is exactly who I would cast as Michelangelo in any other version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, it's interesting that they really switched that around. I'm, I'm still kind of confused about what the thought process was there, but I don't know. I respect it. I respect they, mm-hmm. they tried to change things up. So I think that's nice. I um, guess. Oh, like, I want. Wh- oh, sorry, oh, yeah, go ahead. No, I was, oh, was going to say. So I, I was just going to say to sum up my thoughts on Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I think this is a bold and interesting new direction for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> No, not even that I don't like. I don't think I like this having come into it with the movie. I think that, like, this is a really interesting new direction that I am very interested in seeing how they did it. But, like, the best way to get into this new direction of the Turtles, I don't think it's the movie. I think Mm -hmm. it's start with the series and then work your way up to the movie. The way Mm -hmm. this movie is clearly intended. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I want to talk about the animation. I thought it was actually really good. Uh, obviously, it had budgetary constraints, so not everything looked like great. But I thought it was a very had some very creative things for the for the budget. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a cool. It, it felt you know very I don't know anime inspired in some parts. Um, a lot of the I love the colors. Like there's that there's that part where the Krang um like ship comes into like the earth's atmosphere and like the colors it it emanates like the way they they drew it out and designed it it just felt like a very other dimension-y type thing if that makes sense which i thought was cool Mm -hmm. um maybe taking inspiration from into the spider-verse or something i don't know um yeah i thought it was very fun animation um yeah Considering this is just like mostly for a TV show finale and it's not going to be in theaters. I wonder who animated this. It was fun and interesting and fluid. Flying Bark Projections. I have not seen it. I don't. They've animated. They've done a lot of animation. I'm not recognizing anything right away though. Yeah, that's fair. But no, it, it felt like there was a lot of heart put into the animation. And I really appreciated that. And I think it helped me get into the movie. Yeah, it is a very, like, it's a very visually pretty cool movie. It it does look, I mean, it looks like it has a TV show budget, and um, I don't know if it did, but it was based on a TV show, so, like, it's not deviating too much from the look of that TV show. Yeah. But, like, it does a lot with that. Mm-hmm. Like, the turtles, like, they're, they're animated very fluidly, very cool. There's, like, this cool stylistic stuff you brought up. Yeah. yeah which is nice. I, I feel Good. like in a lot of TV show stuff, there's just so much, like, choppy animation now and obvious budget constraints. Um, but, yeah, I never felt like it was it was that bad. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, overall, like, an enjoyable movie. I think it really helps that it's not long. So, like, you know, if you can toss this on, if you're, like, bored, watch it for an hour and, like, preset yeah um but yeah i don't know if i'd recommend this though to like someone that does not care about the ninja turtles at all i i definitely like i would have a hard time even recommending it to someone who does care about the ninja turtles (laughs) if they haven't seen the series like i think this is like essential if you've seen rise of the teenage mutant ninja turtles and if you haven't 
I don't know who I would recommend it to. Yeah, that's fair. Um, want to slap a rating on this bad boy? Ugh, I don't know, like three and a half. Yeah, I'd say like a five. Nice. Thank you. Your score was nice too. I, well, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to officially call three and a half nice. Three and a half out Perfect. of ten, that's a nice <laughs> score. Five is average. Three and a half, that's nice. Nice. Uh, what are we watching um, next week? So next week we've got uh, next week next week we've got another TV show based uh, movie, except um, definitely of a very different style. Uh, another one that maybe will I, I think I don't know. You probably know just as much about uh, old Dragon Ball as I do. Uh, we're gonna watch Dragon Ball Super superhero. Have you seen Dragon Ball Super? No, I've seen every. I've seen all the other Dragon Balls, not Super though. Nothing about. Okay, that. yeah, I've. So it should. Oh wait, no, I've, I've seen a couple. Seen... I've I've watched two or three of the movies. I can't remember. Okay. Well, that's what we're gonna do next, so we can fill in the blanks. And uh, wow. I will say, um, you can, you you won't have a problem understanding superhero, at least you, Pierre, who has oh. the context. All right, uh, what's what's your last word, Pierre? Oh, uh, super. No, rise, rise. That sounds better.